Hello, and welcome to this podcast from the PSP Learning Hub. My name is Ned Wittberg, and I'm a practice lead at the PSP Learning Hub. Today, I have the honor of speaking with Diane. But before I do, I would like to do an acknowledgement to country. I would like to acknowledge the traditional custodians of the land on which we meet today. I pay my respects to elders, past, present and future, and extend that respect to other Aboriginal and Torres Strait Island people who are listening to this podcast. I also extend that to the children, as this is where the culture lives and grows. In today's podcast, I'm speaking with Diane, uh, who is a carer in PSP, and we will be talking about Diane's uh, guardianship experience. And so welcome, Diane. Thank you. And thank you for your courage in sharing your story with us. Uh, we're very appreciative that you're happy to do this podcast with us. So we might just start, if that's okay with you. Yeah. Yeah. Would you be able to tell us how long you have been a carer for? Yeah, I've been a carer for just over five years. Um, yeah. Yeah. And how many children and young people have you cared for? Yeah, we've had a, um, 11 children in our care. So we've uh, done short-term and long-term um, and emergency and respite as well. Yeah. Wow, that's, uh, that's excellent. What made you decide to become a carer? Um, I guess growing up, that uh, all I'd ever wanted to uh, be was a mum. And then as I got older and I still hadn't met the right um, man, I guess, to have kids with, um, a friend who I used to babysit for suggested fostering to me because uh, she knew how much I wanted to be a mum. So after thinking about it for a while and talking with people and especially talking with my mum, um, I realised it was the right thing for me to do, the right way for me to, yeah, to do it. Um, yeah, so that's kind of how it came about. And then my mum also went through uh, it all with me, with um, all the training and assessments and everything so that she could become a carer with me to um, support me in, in that that is wonderful that your mum supported you in that and that, you know, you, you shared that with her. That's I think that's absolutely beautiful. Yeah, yeah. It, it really is, yeah. Yeah. Would you be able to tell us a little bit about um, about the first child that you, that you fostered? Yeah. Um, so the first child, it was a baby. She was five weeks old when she came into my care, straight from hospital. Um, she was drug affected um, and so, yeah, we spent months getting, helping to get her off the drugs, um, which was very hard watching a little little baby go through all of that, that pain. Um, yeah, it was, it was yeah. extremely hard. Um, but, yeah, she got through it. She went to end up, when she was 11 months old, to live with an auntie um, and cousins and two of her siblings there as well. And we still keep in contact, which is really great. So we can, so that's five years ago. She's five now, five and a half. Yeah. And, um, yeah, we get to see how she's growing up, which is really great. Yeah. And, and I can imagine in, in those circumstances that the support from your mum and being able to share that with her would have been very valuable. Yeah. yeah. 
extremely valuable. And not just mum, but also from all my friends and family who did support. You really need, you need your tribe at those times to to get you through those, those hard times. Yeah. 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 And what sort of was the oldest child that you have cared for? The eldest child is 16. We've had, we had her for about four months. Yeah, that was only last year. So that was a very yeah. different experience to the younger ones that I had been working with, but um, was a great experience. Yeah. Yeah. With her. Yeah. 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 Because every age group comes with, you know, their, their own developmental different uh, changes and stages. Yeah. Oh, great. Thank you for sharing that. So when you talked about what made you decide to become a carer, um, I think you already sort of touched on the next two questions that I had. It was how it fits in your life and how you knew you were ready for guardianship. Do you feel you you could add something to those questions? Yeah, with fitting into life, like for me, because I did want it so much and it was the right thing for me, I gave up my full-time work so that I could give everything to the kids that I look after. Um, I still do work casually, but, um, yeah, I gave up the, the full-time aspect of it, I guess. And, yeah, with knowing we're ready that, you know, it was a caseworker that brought it up to us and I just um, I knew it was the right thing for me, but importantly I knew it was the right thing for the kids, just for the stability for the kids and the sense of belonging in the kids, yeah, just knowing that they always have a place and that it's, yeah, stable. Yeah, because yeah, that's a sort of a big personal sacrifice that you make for yourself to give up your full-time job and then go to Cashel and then embracing, you know, caring for, you know, for the children that you've cared for. That's, um, yeah, that is a big step. So it, it definitely shows, you know, your commitment to it and, and how deeply you thought that all through. Yeah. 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 So when going through the process of guardianship, what was the process like? Um, again, my mum went through guardianship with me. So we're, we're joint guardians. Um, we we thought that was the best thing for the kids. Um, and so I actually live with my mother. Um, I built a granny flat onto the house um, so that, yeah, we could live there and I would have the support from my mum. But we found it quite easy, really. I guess it was, um, yeah, easy. It went smoothly. It is a long process. And a lot of it is like going through the process when you first start fostering. So you do a lot of like the assessments and interviews and yeah, the references and things like that. But then you go deeper into things like the financials and with talking to birth family. So it, it all, for us, because of our, we had a good relationship with our birth family, it was quite a smooth and easy, easy process for us. Yeah, that's great to hear. Was there anything that helped you through that process? Um, our caseworker was always very clear throughout it and was always kind of, even though it was their actual, their first one, they were always making sure that we knew what was happening, where we were up to and what was going to be happening next, just to help us feel, I guess, better about the situation and calmer and, yeah, just not feeling in limbo about what was what was happening. So that really helped, Yeah, yeah. So, and, and did you receive a lot of information around, you know, how the process worked, but also information about the family so that you really knew how you could sort of be there for the children? Is that sort of what you mean? Mostly about how the process went. For us, we already knew the family really well. Okay. Um, so, I guess we didn't, we didn't need any 
information on the family, but just on how the whole, yeah, the whole thing would go. Yeah. Yeah. No, that's good. Thank you. So you said that you got great support from your caseworker. Um, what was it that the caseworker did that supported the children? Uh, so my children are young. Uh, they, I guess they didn't really understand what was going on or what was happening. And so um, the caseworkers were great with them. They would sit down and talk with them about it, but also do things with like drawing and stuff to help them understand what was going on and, yeah, what was happening with the family and and things like that yeah so it was really great that it was a great way to explain to the young kids what was going on yeah yeah and I think that's important too is that they understand yeah yeah that's wonderful I had a question whether there was something else that could have been done to make it more helpful and you've had a really great experience is there anything for example if there are parents out there or carers out there that um maybe don't have uh, the experience that, that, you, that you're having. Is there anything that you feel could be a little bit more helpful for caseworkers to do to make that a, a good journey? I know it might be a little bit of a difficult question. Yeah, I guess just making sure everyone knows what's going on and where they're at and what's to come and how far along you are in the process. Often you can be wondering, oh, you know, is there much longer to go? Like, because it is a long process and you just don't know. So just, yeah, just keeping everyone informed on where where you're at and what's going to be happening, I think is important. Yeah. For carers, yeah. Yeah. Now, and I think that's that's a really good one because, you know, you, if it is, a, you know, because the process is so long and I think it's, it's, it's good to have that hope and, and that you can sort of see the end of the line and, keep things sort of fresh and, and new so where you stand. Yeah, yeah. Well, I think that's really important. Thank you. So a, an important part, I think, in, in guardianship is the contact with parents, and, and you touched on the birth parents before. So what was the process of guardianship with the parents of the children that you cared for? Um, well, we have a really good relationship, an extremely good relationship with the birth family. We've, like, we celebrate birthdays together. We've celebrated Christmas and Easter and Mother's Day and all that together. So we have a great relationship. So um, the process, we had discussed the process um, a bit and as awkward as it was at sometimes talking about it, um, you know, you're taking, yeah, you're having someone else's child's per, child permanently. Is, it's an awkward conversation, but I knew that they were going to support it. So that was good. It was good to be able to talk to them about it and know where they stood in that. And I think it probably made it easier for them as well, um, as much as it can make it easier. Um, mm-hmm. But even then, you know, we when it came to court, mum and I were there and, um, and the kids' mum and we thought it would go through smoothly. But mum, the kids' mum, brought up that she was worried that we might – drop contact or something with her yeah and it's a a real concern I guess that she has and so um, we didn't go through on that day we had to come back another day but it took you know time of just um, reassuring her that we were going to make sure that we didn't cut contact with it we knew that the kids seeing her was the best thing so um, yeah so just I guess having conversations, whether it's you or, or your your caseworker, I guess making sure you have conversations with the family about 
about things like that. It's yeah. good. Yeah. And and I, I really, you know, I can I hear you saying that, you know, they they are difficult conversations to have. And I think I really, you know, sitting on this side of the table appreciate that you're not scared to have those conversations because, you know, they you know, like you said with mum in, in you know, on the day in court, you know, it might it's she might really struggle and, and have internal battles and battles in what's what's happening with her children. So um it's wonderful to hear that user care are very aware of that and and acknowledge that to to mum as well. What did you do to maintain the relationship between mum and the kids and, and yourself? Oh, uh, we make sure we have regular contact. Um, we have the once a month, you know, court ordered one, but we do a lot more than that. Um, we regularly have in-person time, so going to the nan's house or going to a park or dinner or anything really just shopping together but we also do FaceTime we share videos and and um, photos and stuff so we do a lot to keeping con- the kids keep in contact with them but with because we have become friends um, it's made it a lot easier to do all of that and um, to support the kids to be able to see their their family we enjoy spending time with them so that's that's really great that yeah. we can so um and also knowing for us knowing that the kids seeing their mum and dad and nan and we know that that is the best outcome for them and that we know that as they get older and they become older kids teenagers adults and stuff it's going to be help them to become well adjusted and to just know about who they are in their life and family and just yeah it'll help them a lot in their in their life to know that yeah, absolutely. Yes, no, that's that's wonderful. Because you said you've become friends, so I can imagine that. Do you think that sometimes the lines of responsibility are blurred, like between because you have the day-to-day care and responsibility for the children, and and mum is the biological parent? So do you feel within that friendship and and when you interact together that yeah, it's blurred, and are there any challenges? No, we haven't really had any challenges. Um, I guess the fact that we just do normal things as well, like go shopping, like grocery shopping and stuff. Mum's not always, birth mum's not always seen as the fun mum. That's what I've like, you know, sometimes because they get to do all the fun things with with mum, that's how they're seen. But she's not, I guess, seen like that necessarily because we just do normal everyday things together. But also she's good with disciplining them and stuff as well. and making sure that they are doing the right thing. So, yeah, I think we've I think we've got it right at the moment. So hopefully yeah. it'll stay that way. But you know, as the kids, I mean, they're very little kids at the moment. So as they get older, yeah, who knows what is going to happen then? But yeah, yeah, yeah. no, but but that's great, and and that's why I asked the question because I think it's really uh, it's good to hear that you can develop a friendship with you know with like in your case with mum, and because um, I can understand. And you said you you've had difficult conversations with mum. You know, she needed the reassurance that she was going to see the children so and then it's nice to see it sounds like you're you're on one line as well with the parenting and the discipline and I think that's really helpful for the children because it gives them you know they know where they stand and it's the same so yeah Yeah. that's why I asked about the challenges so that's that's lovely to hear yeah what do you feel is your role um, as a guardian in facilitating family time I, I know it's going really well but what do you feel is your role it really depends on what we're doing, I guess. Sometimes I sit back and just 
watch and just am there for because I have to be there or sometimes we all do stuff together and are all part of it so it's really yeah it depends on the situation and what role I take yeah I've been known to have naps on the nan's lounge when <laughs> the kids have been <laughs> over there so you know um yeah it's it all depends on the situation and what we're doing and what is needed at the time yeah yeah no um, yeah, and it sounds like you're very much, you know, facilitating that time between mum and the kids. Yeah, yeah. I'm making sure that, yeah, I contact mum and that to, to organise times to meet up. So yeah. whether it be a Saturday or an afternoon or something like that. So, yeah. Yeah. And are you the one who mostly facilitates it? Or if, if, if mum sort of contacts you and says, oh, you know, spontaneously this is happening, uh, would I be able to see the children? Does that happen as well? Yeah, that happens as well. I probably do most of it, but um, yeah, mum definitely or nan and that definitely, yeah, ring and say, yeah, do you want to do this today? Yeah, coming up, yeah. And and we don't know too much about the background, and and that's okay. And and um, but are there times that you you feel like you need to say no uh, for the best interests of the children? Um, yes, more recently there has been. Um, Nan actually had a conversation with me saying that I probably need to hold back a little bit on what we did. So, yeah, there was a time that, yeah, we did stop seeing her so much and stop doing so much one-on-one, like so mm-hmm. much seeing her. Yeah. Um, yeah, we just have to keep an eye on what is going on. But um, we haven't had too much trouble, yeah, yeah, with that, yeah. Yeah, yeah no, and then I hear in that, although it, it is great that mum, you know, has so much time with the children and you can do some of the you know the daily stuff um, but at sometimes you also still need to keep a little bit of that distance yeah. well that's right because the kids safety is always number one you know not just for their physical safety their mental safety as well and all that as well so yeah, you just have yeah. to keep yeah. that in mind yeah yeah no no that's good do you have any tips for caseworkers you know in in facilitating that family time between carers and, and parents? <laughs> it's a hard one. Um, mm. Like really, all I can say is really is getting carers to understand how important it is for the children to have a relationship with them um, and to realise like people don't have to do what I do. Like, oh, yeah, I do a lot. My kids are young. We can do a lot more as well. But just the difference it makes in kids seeing, being able to see their family is so, is so much. So, you know, they... Yeah. Um, I just wanted to, you know, we're nearly at the end of the interview and, and thank you so much for sharing your experiences. What words of wisdom would you share with caseworkers to keep children in guardianship connected with their parents, siblings and family? Yeah, I guess trying to get across to carers to understand how important it is to have some sort of relationship with the family. Um I know it can be, I guess, scary for the, for carers to be letting kids have the connection with the family, the different things that, that can arise from that um, and not, you know, not knowing how kids might react after a visit and what the parents might say to the kids and things like that. But I've found what works with in our family is that talking about the kids' family with them regularly, we, we often talk about, yeah, their mum and dad and nan and all their, their brothers and sisters and stuff um, and regularly having contact with them right from an early age has really helped with any sort of behavioural problems that they might have, you know. They really see it as though they're seeing any sort of, like, relative 
and they love seeing them. They love being with them, but they're always happy to come home to me. And, you know, just that's the security that I provide them. But the more so having that relationship with their family is just so valuable that you're making sure you just regularly, the carers are regularly talking about their, their the families and stuff, not pretending that they don't exist. Mm-hmm. You know, these these mm-hmm. kids need to know that their family is important too. Their birth family is important. So, yeah. Yes. No, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. And it's, it's keep, yeah, keeping the family, yeah, talking about the families, um, keeping that alive. Um, and I can also understand that sometimes for the children, it may be hard when they have such a great time, or, hmm. you know, when they have family time with mum and, and dad and, and then that it might be hard for them, you know, to, to go back to you and, and not have that. So do you feel... I guess, how do you deal deal with that with the children? Are there moments that they, you know, when you leave that they go, oh, I want to stay or? No, for me, my kids are always excited to see me and, and are happy to go home. Um, yeah, I guess some, oh, so that's mainly for their monthly contact. I guess when we're we're doing stuff all together, they might not want to, not, might not want to finish what we're doing, but that's just in anything you want to do. If you're doing something fun, kids not, might not want to stop doing it. But I don't really have any. They're always happy to come home. Um, yeah. Yeah, to me and yeah. to Nan and, yeah. Yeah. I don't have any problems because I guess they know they're going to see them again soon and have contact with them. So, yeah. And, and I guess because it, it, it's fairly flexible as well. And I know, you know, you said that there are times that you have to say no, but they do get to see them regularly. And I, I guess you've been really great at establishing a routine for them that they know what's going to happen. And, and it sounds like you have great communication with them. So things are, are pretty clear to them. Yeah. Yeah. Is there anything else that you feel would be really helpful for caseworkers to know about, you know, the journey in guardianship? I guess that maybe just it can be a little stressful for the carers at times, wondering what's going on and how it's going. And um, so I guess just reassurance and uh, and as I said before, just information, make sure that you are giving information out so that they know what's going on and to not be so worried about the process. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds like information, you know, in while you go through the guardian process, but also once you have children that you care for, that that continues, I guess. Yeah. Yeah. Just, um, yeah. Keep the communication line open, regularly be in touch. Yeah. 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 That's and right. make sure that everyone knows what's going on. Yeah. Yeah. Definitely. Thank you so much for your time and sharing this with us. Yeah, I wish you, you know, good luck in in hope this continue this journey continues to, you know, go as smoothly as it goes at the moment and thank you very much. Thank you.